First day of three days that changes everything. Amen. Changes everything for every one of us. It changes our past, it changes our present, and it gives new hope and new horizons for our future. And what an awesome weekend that we can celebrate. This is just the beginning of the weekend that we can celebrate God's great redemption to mankind. As we remember the spotless sacrifice for us, the one that took our place, the one that became our substitute to do what we were powerless to do for ourselves. But he did that for us. How he willingly was crucified and laid down his life for us. Such love. Such love. Would you... Pray with me tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. Greater love has no man than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. God, I'm so thankful tonight that you call me friend. God, I'm so thankful tonight that you would do that for me, that you would do that for each one of us. And we pray tonight that you would just touch each one of our lives. We love you, we adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this scripture from Colossians 1 verse 27. The last part of the verse says this, It is Christ in you that is what? The hope of glory. Come on, would you say that with me? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory, And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about Christ, your hope of glory, because what we have seen day one paints a picture of a seemingly hopeless situation. And I want to talk tonight about finding hope in hopelessness. Is that okay? Finding hope in what seems to be hopeless. And that's exactly what happened on Calvary. They watched their hope, their Christ, their Messiah, the promise. They watched Him beaten. They watched Him condemned. They watched Him crucified. They heard Him cry out with a loud voice, It is finished. They watched as He breathed His last breath. What now? What was going to happen? What were they going to do? They had just watched their hope die. I want us to look at the story tonight of Lazarus because I really believe it's going to help me make the point tonight that it's never over with Jesus. Come on, it's never hopeless. No matter what it may look like right now, it's never over with Jesus. Look what it says in John chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now a certain 
man was sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany at the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, it was that Mary that we talked about, that we heard sung about tonight, about the alabaster box who broke it, who who washed his feet and, and she dried it with her hair. It was that Mary who anointed, the Bible says, the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with his hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. These are people that know Jesus. These are friends of Jesus, as we'll see, look, verse 3. Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love is sick. It doesn't give us much details of his sickness. Obviously, it had to be more than just a headache or a cold. It was something that was serious, and it needed the immediate attention of Jesus. So what they're saying is, Jesus, you know there's a need. And no, we know that since you've asked, because we're tight, we know each other. Come on, we know, Jesus, you're going to respond and come. Jesus, we know if you can just get here, everything is going to be okay. But then Jesus does something very strange. He does something strange. Verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Jesus doesn't respond immediately. He doesn't do what they're expecting him to do. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow online. You need to log on and listen to the message. Because we're going to discover tomorrow that his silence does not mean his absence. That he's working even when we don't see it, or even when we don't perceive it. But this is strange to me. This is strange as I read this. Here's the friend, someone you love. What are you going to do? You're going to drop everything and you're just going to go. You're going to make it happen. Why? They've asked. They need me. I can meet the need. You see, Jesus knew he could meet the need. But yet he stays and waits. As strange as that may be, I believe the reason why Jesus waited was so that there could be no dispute of the miracle. You see, superstition of that day said this, that for three days after someone died, their spirit would hover around close to them, that within a three days time of period, they could perhaps come back to life. Jesus waits till there is no hope of miraculously something superstitious, you know, superstitiously happening or taking place. Jesus waits, I know this may sound strange, till he's absolutely dead. He waits till all hope in the natural is gone. His disciples are puzzled. Why Jesus? Those around him were totally thrown by it. Why Jesus? Why doesn't he always do what we expect him to do. Can I tell you why? Because he's God and you're not. Because he's God and you're not. What does that mean? Well, he sees the whole picture where we just see right now. We just see the immediate. We just have sight on this, but he sees everything. Look at this statement. I think this is a life-changing statement if we can grab a hold of this. Watch that your expectations Don't become your frustrations when he doesn't do what you think he should do. you got to watch that your expectations don't become a frustration because he doesn't do what you think he should do when 
you think he should do it. You know what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55? It says, but his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are beyond ours. They're greater than ours. Not because they're higher or out of reach. Not because he doesn't want us to have them. But think about this. Why is his thoughts? Why is his love? Why is everything about Jesus a little bit further, a little bit higher than what we are? Why? Because he wants it to be beyond us. Why? Because he needs it to go beyond our plans and our thinking. So we can realize what? That we can elevate our lives and we can grow up into everything that God... I don't want a God that's shrunk down to where I am. I want to go up to where He is. Amen. I'm glad His thoughts are above my thoughts because that means I need to lift my thoughts. Come on. I'm glad that He's greater than where I'm at. Why? Because I need to be elevated and lifted up in my life. But I've discovered this in life that sometimes God has to bring us to places of hopelessness in the natural. So we can begin to see Him. And we can begin to trust in Him as our only hope, our only way of escape. Remember, the Bible says He's the one who knows our end from our beginning. Not our beginning to our end. He knows the end to beginning. So back to the story. He's waited a number of days. He hasn't shown up and... As he arrives on the scene, Martha, the sister, runs out to meet Jesus. Verse 21, then Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, can you hear what she's saying? Jesus, if you would have come when we first asked, we wouldn't be suffering. We wouldn't be going through. This wouldn't be happening. Jesus, why did you not come is what she's still questioning. She's still puzzled. She's still amazed. If you would have come, my brother would not have died. But even now, come on, say with me, even now. But even now, you see, there's faith that's beginning to rise inside of her. Even though it looks like everything's hopeless, there's still some faith that's beginning to rise inside of her. She says, but even now, I know that if you were to ask God whatever you want, I know God would give it to you. And Jesus looks at her in verse 23 and says, oh, he's going to rise again. He's going to rise again. And Martha says, yes, one day, one day. But she didn't realize that one day was today. Come on, she was thinking that when Jesus come back and it was a resurrection and the dead in Christ would go up, the resurrection, because he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. But she didn't see that today was their day of breakthrough, their day of miracle. Someday, she said, but not today. Jesus said, show me where he lay. Jesus goes to the graveyard in John eleven thirty five, the shortest verse in the Bible, but yet the most powerful verse in the Bible, perhaps. Jesus wept. He was moved with compassion. He loved this man. He was feeling their loss to the extent that people even looked around. Verse 36 and 37. Then the Jews said, see how he must have loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? In other words, they're saying, you're crying now. 
but you're crying now. It's too late. Where were you? We know what you're capable. You could have stopped all this. Can you see the parallels through this whole story? That if he would have just gone when they wanted, when they expected, everything would have been okay. But now, Jesus, you're four days late. Again, they're puzzled. They're confused. I wonder if you've been ever puzzled by Jesus. I wonder if you've ever been puzzled by the way he does things in your life. I wonder if you've ever said this. Are you ready? And I know we all have. If I were Jesus. If I was God, I would do a whole lot of things differently. Come on now. Come on. You know you've said that. If you haven't said that, you've thought that, you've typed that, you've done something in that kind of parameters right there. Because we think we know better than God. We think we know better. But you know what I've discovered is this. The reason why we are puzzled so many times is because of this. We only hold a couple of pieces of a whole picture in our hands. Have you ever tried to do a puzzle without seeing the final picture? It's tough to do because you look and you match up the piece and you have to look down. We're trying to piece together our lives when we don't always see the final picture. So we're looking and we're finding and we don't know where this goes. Because we're only holding a piece. But as we evolve through our lives, we'll see one other piece and another piece and another piece and another piece. And then we'll begin to see a beautiful picture that is evolving. Let me jump back to verse 4 if I could. Jesus, when he is told the news that his friend is dead, he turns to his disciples and he says to them, verse 4, this sickness is not unto death. What he wasn't saying there was, he wasn't saying that he's not going to die. He was saying this wasn't going to be a permanent thing. His disciples thought, because later Jesus said, oh, he just sleeps. They thought Jesus was just going to wake him. No, Jesus said, no, he's really dead. Jesus said those words. He says, no, he's really dead. But Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Through it. Through a place of hopelessness, the glory of God is going to be seen. He wasn't going to stay dead for long. Because that miracle was about to take place. But you see, those all around, again, they didn't see this. They didn't understand. They weren't privy to the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. They didn't know what Jesus had said. All they saw was the loss. All they saw was the disappointment. All they saw was the failure. It was like those at the cross at Calvary that they looked at Jesus and said, if you really are who you say you are, come down and we'll believe in you. You see, they didn't see it. They didn't understand it. They didn't know that in order for him to be everything that he said he was, he had to die. Because if he would have come off the cross, our redemption would have never been made for each one of us. They laughed at him. They ridiculed. They said, what's happening? I believe much like in Lazarus. What's the deal? You can help other people, but you can't help those closest to you. Who are you? But remember, it's only day one. He's just getting started. Come on, it's just day one. He's just getting started. And Jesus says, verse 39, he says, take away the stone. Open up the grave, he said. And Martha, here's the one that said, even now, here's the one that has faith. She said, oh, Jesus, no, 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 don't do that. He's been dead for four days now. He's going to stank right now. Come on. 
Don't do that. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be a out- good outcome. But notice, Jesus ignores the natural and speaks to that which appears to be over. I wonder what it is right now that Jesus needs to speak to in your life. I wonder what appears to be over right now. I wonder what stones need to be rolled away from your life, exposing that which is dead, that has no hope of living, that you may say it's over, my dreams have died. What is the impossibilities of your life that need to meet the fully possible God that can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond? Maybe we would be better just to shut up. And let Jesus do his thing. Come on, I want to say that one more time. Maybe we would be better at times just to shut Oh, Jesus, don't do... Just shut up. And let him do his thing. Your marriage may be on the rocks. Let him do his thing. You may have family members that are lost. Let him do his thing. Your kids are maybe lost. Your parents are lost. There's a sickness in your body with no cure. There's bondages. There's addictions. There's a foreclosure notice on your home. Let Jesus do his thing. Because impossibilities in the natural don't get any worse than death. Lazarus is dead. It's over. And everyone knows. But as the stone is rolled away, Jesus cries out and he says these words, Lazarus, come forth. You know it was a good job he shouted, Lazarus, come forth? Because if he would have just said, come forth, there would have been a mass exodus that day that everyone in that graveyard would have jumped up and they would have come back to life. That's the power that Jesus has. The power over death, the power over sickness, the power over bondage, the power after being broke financially, the power after um, unrest in your mind, fear, the power over all these things. Jesus is the power. And all we've got to do, just like Lazarus, is listen and obey his voice. To come forth out of that thing. To believe for your miracle. To believe that you're going to be changed from where you are. Come on, I don't want to spoil it for Sunday. And to plug your ears if you don't know the end of the story. And I don't want to give it away. But come on, death became life. He rises from the dead. His death becomes our life. The reason he came, John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Come on, Jesus is standing right now in front of the worst, the most dead situation of your life. And he's saying right now, life, 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 victory, peace, comfort, breakthroughs, whatever you need. He is speaking that right now. The stone has been rolled away that you can have the victory he came to give life to what you need to that which seems to be impossible look at Mark 9.23 it says if you can believe all things become possible to those who believe I like the man who Jesus is speaking to at this time his son is in a state And he's seeing all this and the man cries out, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? 
So many times we believe of Jesus. We know that he was a good man, that he lived. Pump, come on, it needs to go beyond believing of. We need to live in. We need to believe in. We need to trust him with all of our lives. And that can be hard. It can be hard to believe that there's life when you're looking up at a cross, when you're looking to your hope, when your brother's in a grave and it's been four days and everything is over. Look to the person beside you and said, it's not over yet. Come on, it's not over yet. When all we see is death, when all we see is no hope, when all we see is hopelessness, come on, I challenge you, look again. Look again. Because Jesus wants to bring hope back into that which may be dead, lost, and hopeless. That's what Easter is all about. It's the beginning of a change. It's the beginning of a transformation. It's the beginning of life. I told Luke today, this is our birthday. Why is this is our birthday? This is our spiritual birthday. Every one of us are born again because of Easter and because of what Jesus does. But yet, on Friday it looks hopeless. But he's still hope. And he's still hope. That day in Bethany, people saw a really dead man rise from the dead. That day at Calvary, darkness may have covered the sky, but that darkness made way for the greatest ray of light that this hope of this world has ever seen. And the greatest that you and I could ever experience in our lives. It's never the end till God says it is. And he has no plans the last time I checked to stop being the resurrection and the life. He just needs you to believe as the band makes their way up here tonight. I challenge you, watch what you see today. Watch what you see around you today because don't let that determine your future. Don't let the hopelessness determine the outcome of your life. Look again. Believe in a Savior. Trust in a God who can do infinitely more for your life. Because because of his life, because of his power, you and I can have a future. So every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place. I wonder how many people would perhaps lift your hand here and say, Pastor P, I have a hopeless situation that I need hope to rise in. Come on, if that's you, just put your hand up all over this place. Come on, is there people, there's hands that's going up there. I need Jesus right now to meet that need. We're going to pray with you in a few moments. And we're going to believe together. You can put your hands down. Everyone looking at me, when you came in tonight, you should have been given a communion. We're now going to enter into a time of communion together. We're going to remember... As the Bible challenges us to, to remember the fact of who he is, to remember what he's done for your life, to remember the greatness of God, to remember that he stands before death and he says, let there be life. And there was life that he stands in front of that, which is hopeless, helpless, no way. And he is the way he is the truth. And he is your life. That's what we remember today. We remember the awesome sacrifice. Everything that Jesus did. 
And these little cups here, there's two little things. Let me just ask everyone if we can stand together. Can we just do that in reverence? Because just in a few moments, just after we've prayed, we're going to go into a, a time of worship. And we're just going to worship God in the house. But we're here to remember him. There's a little top paper that you can peel off. And in that is your wafer. If you just get out, the Bible says that he took the bread and when he broke it, he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat this in remembrance of me. Remember me. Would you partake of that right now? The Bible says in the same manner also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament, the new hope of my life, through my life, a new hope for each one of our lives. Would you partake of that right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the awesome sacrifice that you made for each one of us. That God, you paid the price of the sin debt that we owed, God. And you became that sacrifice for each one of us, God. We thank you for that. God, we thank you that you are the hope, God, for those that lifted up their hands in this place, God. You're their hope today, God. And I pray that none would let their hope die today. But God, they would realize, God, that you're still the resurrection power. You're still the life. You're still speaking into their situations. You're still bringing hope. You're still bringing peace. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.